Greetings, humans. Welcome to Hooligans. Uh, today we're talking with Adam Walker. Actually, let's throw him in here. Adam uh, is going to be represented today by a nice picture of him in Capaldi's TARDIS. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing very well, uh, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for coming. We're, we're going to be talking about uh, the announcement a couple days ago that Russell T. Davies is back. RTD, the guy who brought Doctor Who back in 2005, is returning. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Stay tuned, humans. We're going to find out shortly. Ah, kick-ass tune, kick-ass theme song by Jeff Smith. Of course, you know, as originally performed by Delia Derbyshire and Ron Grainer. How you doing, Adam? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing very well. Glad like uh, the intro that I made you is having some good news. Uh, good news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the uh, intro made by Adam Walker, uh, based, uh, you know, uh, coincidentally, on uh, Russell T. Davies' first intro. <laughs> Just saying, not bad at all. And uh, not only that, but uh, Adam is doing all the. I'm gonna, let me. You know, he's uh, made this wonderful. Uh, 1983 TARDIS for us. Uh, so far, it's running pretty good, although I, I do think I need to change the oil. Or at least the, the mercury links <laughs> the mercury, have to be changed. Mercury and the fluid link, yeah. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you'd nail that one, Adam. <laughs> so as, as you can see on the scanner there, that's Russell T. Davies. He is back. He oh. is back. Oh, there he is on the Radio Times. He is returning. He is returning to Doctor Who after 11 years after he was gone. Of course, he left in which series was it? Uh, it's so hard to tell because they don't uh, have a series a, a the year. The 2009 specials as part of series hmm. four. Right. So that was like a nine series ago. But mm. he's going to be returning not for season 13, which is coming up soon. He's going to re return for series 14, right? Um. They say officially that uh, he's definitely going to be writing for the 60th anniversary, which, of course, um, would be the 23rd of November, 2023. Right. Uh, and beyond. Now, what exactly does that mean, the word beyond? Not entirely <laughs> sure, but I have we a don't know. it'll probably have something to do with C Series 14. And... Uh, he will definitely um, be doing something else to do with number 14, which is choosing the 14th Doctor. That's right. And, and, and I mean, going by the timeline from previous uh, production, you know, the schedules, uh, we're probably going to see a name in the next six to, you know, nine months mm. as far as who is going to be the 14th Doctor. Um, are they do the 14th have, Doctor? Do you have your bets on anyone? <laughs> Not really. No. It could, it could be anyone. Could be anyone. Could be Chris Pratt. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, it'll be someone that's at least within the Commonwealth. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the most uh, risque they could go is maybe a, a Canadian. <laughs> gotta, uh, at least, gotta stay in the Commonwealth. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, to be honest, um, I was thinking about. I was watching um, the show Community. If you don't know, that's a show that was written by the same people behind Rick and Morty. Yeah. And uh, they have a Doctor Who parody called Inspector Space Time. Yes. 
<laughs> and uh, they had an American playing an incarnation of the Inspector, as they call the character in that show, by Luke Perry, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, rest his poor soul. Um, but after looking at his brief appearance as the Inspector, I could imagine he would make a very interesting Doctor if there was ever a possibility of an American uh, playing um, the Doctor. Um, and the reason why that's interesting is because he actually, for a long time, embedded himself in British culture, including right. watching Doctor Who. Uh, he actually lived in England, more specifically London. I, I think it's London, but he, de he was definitely living in England for a very long period of time. And he just sort of like picked up a couple of the, the cultural habits that, um, you know, one would expect, like trying to come in, coming into a different country and trying to get to know the people that you're visiting. Um, I don't. I don't yeah. think I'd want to see an. I, I don't think we're going to see an American uh, Doctor Who from Russell T Davies. I mean, uh, you know, he he's gonna he, he's a, you know, British uh, UK icon. He's gonna bring. There, there's so many great, uh, you know, UK actors to choose from. Uh, whether yeah. you know, whether it be uh, Australian Agent or. Turner was one of my original um, choices for the Thirteenth Doctor before Jodie's announcement. Um, I'd like uh, to see an Irish Doctor. Oh, 2005 uh, russell t davies comes back and the last thing we had seen was the 1990s uh paul mcgann movie on fox which you know they didn't butcher too badly but we we were looking for hope and and here comes russell t davies with christopher eccleston i mean uh what, what was it like across the pond to to see this show reboot okay well i had this conversation with um another person online uh, it was it was an American guy, and he said, um, uh, "Like, how big was the return of Doctor Who? Like, I know it was like much of a gradual thing um, to like see Doctor Who sort of like making the headlines in popular culture in America, um, which I think um, Moffat really had a good idea of taking advantage of to get Doctor Who popular in the states." But I basically told them the the success and cultural impact of series one back in 2005 was very immediate i can remember like the day after the first episode rose um aired that um when i went out shopping and i saw like you know like the shop mannequins i actively saw children avoiding the mannequins <laughs> <laughs> like social distancing yes. from them <laughs> because the because the autons scared them that much um on the first episode so yes it was very very immediate with um how much of an impact series one had with christopher eccleston <laughs> absolutely and and uh I mean, I remember the time nitpicking it a bit and, and you know, the, the burp from the recycle bin, but, uh, keep, you know, just had to keep in mind that, you know, kids are watching, it's a family show, and the kids deserve a burping recycle bin once you in a while. You don't want to make it too you know. scary, I think. No, um, that, you leave that for Torchwood, right? Well, that's a different <laughs> uh, subject that we would uh, get on to perhaps for another episode, but um, <laughs> I think, as with any great writer... A great writer has to find balance in the sort of tone um, with the elements that you want to like try and 
uh, introduced to a script, especially for something um, as much of a, an anticipated return as Doctor Who back then, they really had to get it right. And I feel that episode one was almost the perfect um, opener for um, such a return of yeah, a show absolutely. that massive. Um, I mean, I mean, you didn't have to be a, a Doctor Who fan to understand what was going on. There's this mysterious fellow, no, no. And, uh, uh, it, because it was mainly told through this yeah. uh, perspective, uh, through the perspective of Rose. She right. was the typical audience surrogate. Yeah, she was whatever. the audience That's surrogate. Not you know, a bad she thing at all. she was asking yeah. him all the right questions in the first episode, but she she quickly changed from you know the damsel in distress, uh, you know, that we were used to seeing in the. 80s 70s 90s <laughs> she that's, quickly that's became funny, like doc the doctor's yeah. partner like literally her his partner well well yeah because um one of the next time trailers i saw was for um father's day if you remember that episode with uh the time reapers and yes. when one of them opened its jaws um rose just screamed like like a damsel in distress i thought like ah now it's doctor who that's right <laughs> now it's proper doctor who where the companion screams her head off all the time whenever the monster appears but but uh, uh davies went through from uh, eccleston through the uh, david Tennant era and i think literally his last day was the day that uh, matt smith came on set and uh, you know they changed over the whole production crew basically everything you know, the whole Bad Wolf crew left with him. Um, now he's back with Bad Wolf Production House, which um, I forget the lady's name, but uh, she, she was running that. Judy Gardner. Judy Gardner, thank you. Uh, and, and they're back. And, you know, a lot of people are hopeful that this is going to be another, almost like a reboot, just like in 2005. But others are worried. Uh, here, I'm going to play a little clip here. Some people are worried because he's done so many projects that are, you know, LGBT friendly. Uh, th this is what people are thinking Doctor Who's going to be. Here we go. Uh, here we got to get, uh, get the sound. Yeah. yeah, they're all gay. Everyone on the show is gay. I had to, I had to pick her for this. But, you know, there, there's people online thinking, oh, no, it's going to be, you know, he's going to make everyone LGBT on the show. And I'm like, guys, who cares? <laughs> really? We've exactly. never cared about the doctor's sexuality before and you know 50 some odd years 56 years is it now or no 59 58 58 well, years mean, we didn't like care in christopher <laughs> eccleston's last episode you got kissed by um captain jack as well well that's the thing he, he uh you know rtd is the one that, that brought you know captain jack into the fold uh, and, yeah you know but hey it's 2021 so uh don't worry everyone not not everyone on doctor who's gonna be some of them are going to be straight. You're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. You know? I mean, it's like, I think um, trying to introduce that sort of stuff is very, it, it, again, it's a balancing act. Yeah, so you know, you want, like, it never seemed want, like, very shoehorned. Much, but just enough for you to get the implication across to the audience. Right. But I mean, I don't think it was ever very shoehorned with, with RTD. I mean, name two characters you know most people stop at captain jack they can't name a second one the, the the point being that he never really made it you know where you know 90 percent of the crew had to be. this is what people are worrying about online i'm not even kidding my god but I, i'm not worried i know he's going to do a good job he did a great job in 2005 he's learned a lot i mean he, he spent another 11 years making television he's the one that brought us the original doctor who you know uh, cinematic universe 
And he has said uh, he wanted to do more. He wanted to do a Star Trek Doctor Who crossover, which the comics have done very successfully. Yeah, IDW uh, with ne- the Next Generation series. I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fighting the Borg, the you know the Borg, who are basically just Borg and the Cybermen. Cybermen. <laughs> well, the Borg are Cybermen. I mean... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a match made in heaven, putting both of them in. So we got, uh, let me bring this up, because we got uh, someone online, Gerard Groves. Great guy, follow him. He's a Doctor Who nerd. Let me get this up on the screen. This is Gerard Groves. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Let me make that bigger. We're going to make that bigger. <laughs> put it on the scanner. That uh, yeah, let me put it here. It's on the scanner now. So this is Gerard Groves, his image of, of like what a Doctor Who cinematic universe could could be. Uh, let, let's go through a few of these. This would be fun. I mean, just look at all that money they can milk. Well, you think about it, six or seven money. million. <laughs> you know, you got how, how many in the UK? Seven million watching uh, Doctor Who every every week. Well, five million of them would watch the Earthly Adventures of Ace. I know I would. Netflix <laughs> would make that. Netflix could make that. And, and I know Sophie Aldred would be down for it. Running her charity uh, as her oh, character she, is. She's a wonderful woman. Just a wonderful a, lady. An absolute charismatic, compassionate woman, uh, Sophie Old. Uh, now look, look at Missy. Missy, if this was an actual... These are uh, fictional, of course. This is uh, Gerard Grover's uh, ideas. But a Missy a series would be phenomenal. Mm. Uh, I know Russell T. Davies said himself, uh, what about a 10-part a miniseries with the 10th and 11th Doctors? Yes. I don't know about Lost in E-Space... You know, maybe if maybe if there's a hot new Romana in it, but I, I, it just sounds to me like it'd be Adric doing a lot of math problems. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah. The division with Ruth would be great. You know, following the 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 you know the Ruth ruthless Doctor through her uh, CIA phase, and of course you have Doctor Who. Uh, mm-hmm. Defenders of the Earth could be you know like uh, Mickey and. Uh, you know, Martha and... Uh, well, th- th- maybe not Mickey, unfortunately. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe not Mickey. <laughs> you never know. Alternate universe. Eight he, Doctor. He can, just, uh, he can just be in the back. No, alternate uh, Mickey. Ricky's dead. Yeah, Ricky. Cyberman. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's more universes. There could be like a, you know, Licky. Yeah. Well, that was something that... Um, just a slight tangent. Um, getting on to like... Getting back to like what people want to see Russell T. Davies do with the show now, trying yeah. to move forward... I think exploring different universes um, would be the best course of action or like the most promising because, okay, Doctor Who continuity is a mess. Yeah. There's no getting around it. You see, yes, you can have creative writing and adhere to um, its core, like its core events of continuity um, and not, you know, meant to, um, stray too much far away from them <laughs> timeless children um yeah <laughs> but uh awful you know, you yeah. know it, yes it can like the continuity of doctor who is a mess and can be a, a huge draining um factor into trying to find new creative ideas because there are so many sources that you have to like try not to contradict with right. whatever new idea you want to try and implement into an episode. That. Well, that's, so that's something I, Russell T could could implement. Not not only the you know Doctor Who. He he started off the multi, the 
uh, you know, the Doctor Who cinematic universe, but he could he could really kick off a, a, a multiverse, you know? Well, yeah, well, technically it was introduced in um, The Mind Robber, um, the idea of right. other universes, but... Well, plus we also have, so, you know, uh, the, you yeah. know the, other pla- the other universe from... Uh, well, was it? Yeah, well, yeah, that was RTD actually that brought that in with uh, the yeah uh, with uh, Pete's world. Pete's, Pete's world. world. So he he could bring in more worlds. You know, one one where yeah, Ru- Ru- exactly is like, the Doctor. Bre- like open up the barriers of the main Doctor Who yeah. universe. You can find alternative Gallifreys if you wanted to, which is a thing in much of the new series content in Big Finish audios. Absolutely. <laughs> So I mean, I mean like, this is something that, that yeah, RTD specifically could, in the time war stuff. There are other you know, he, he could go out into there the time war to deal with their own version of the time war. Well, he he could do the time war with the Eight Doctor still in 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 the original universe. Yeah, but, that, that uh, is a very possibility. That is a very huge possibility that Paul McGann might come back. He's still alive and kicking and doing really bloody well he's absolutely killing it as the Eighth Doctor in Big absolutely. Finish. Absolutely, so many of them are. Although we're not never going to see Peter Capaldi there. But uh, no, what, what are yeah. some of your predictions for Russell T. Davies' um, new run? I, I know he, he's not starting for, you know, until after the next series, but what do you think he's going to do? Is he going to bring back old characters or is it going to be new characters? Okay, um, predictions for the 60th anniversary because it's pretty much a given that that's going to be the first episode of his 2.0 era of Doctor Who. And it's going to be introducing a new Doctor. And hey, what better way to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the show than to introduce an entirely new Doctor um, to celebrate the show? Um, So I have a feeling that because of the 10th Doctor has been shielded so much, Dave 10th coming back as the 10th Doctor again. Okay. I, I could Smith, see that with the popularity uh, of Matt Smith and David Tennant. I could see them bringing them back. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, I mean, David Tennant and Matt Smith. There is no denying it. They are the two most popular doctors. Uh, with Tom Baker, like considering how much uh, of the old guard is still alive out there, um, you know, they they'll still consider like Tom Baker as the goat like the right. go-to like favorite doctor and there are plenty of uh young fans who have discovered tom baker um absolutely so you love think russell's well. gonna bring them back you know obviously they're gonna bring him back for the 60th they well yeah so, well. i mean they uh Smoffat introduced the character of the curator i mean he came in the last mm. anniversary special it's only natural that you might make another appearance in the right. follow-up well we could see uh, you know special. tom we could see uh you know colin baker we could see uh, Sylvester as curator, you know. Yeah, in fact, I, I would bet, like, it'll be a really, like, huge gamer move for to bring back Sylvester McCoy as the Seventh Doctor. Just place him in the costume again. Because <laughs> um, I don't know if you've seen, like, uh, the trailer to one of his, uh, one of his season. Like, his first season as the Doctor... Uh, became a Blu-ray box set collection, and he came back as the Seventh Doctor in character to meet a an older Mel. And many fans just thought, thought, yeah, he could still play it really well. <laughs> Hello to Solar SBI in the chat room. How you doing? Kind of a quiet Sunday. We're just chatting uh, some 
Russell T. Davies. Uh, I, I think he's going to uh, obviously bring a new doctor in. Well, that's you know given. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty but much confirmed that. I I also think he's going to kind of retcon that whole timeless child thing, or or come up with a way that it's. <laughs> where, where Hartnell is put, still the first you doctor. See if you little uh, gif that I sent you on the scanner in response to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I found it. I found it yet. Is it? Uh, I sent. I sent you um, it in an email. Ah, uh, you probably sent it to the wrong email. Sorry, I can't open uh, up any other okay. emails on this computer. But basically, it was um, the, the like the first like time child tossing the whole thing out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. Tossing the whole thing out. Let me, let me go through a few more of these because some of these, I think he is going to start up a few more shows. That's my prediction, which is not, you know, a strange one. Because uh, now with online, uh, now with uh, shows like, if you're looking at uh, The Division, doesn't have to be in space all the time. Could be on Earth, could be, you know, uh, pretty grounded. The Defenders of the Earth, that's a low, you know, low production too. Uh, you know, you can is there, some... I can't um, see it, but is there like a unit show on there? No, there is not, but uh, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm told there's been some unit uh, uniform seen in the current production. Sorry, spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, like make some make some new um, unit characters and have them work with Kate Stewart and Osgood. Uh, yeah, th that's that would just be great. Prime. Just love that those characters. Prime characters that were just thrown away. You know, just because you change, uh, you know, production teams, they threw away so many good characters. I mean, and the, the thing I liked about Russell T. Davies, his original run, the RTD one, was the characters mattered. The, you cared about the characters. There was a sense of family. Uh, you know, Doctor had his yeah. uh, relationship with Rose, which, you know, uh, at some point becomes romantic. Uh, but uh, at the same time, he had a relationship with Mickey and, and yeah. Rose's um, mum. It, it's exactly what Sarah Jane said. Um, by I, I couldn't care less about anyone in the TARDIS right now other than the Doctor, that she, you know, stays alive long enough to regenerate. I couldn't care about any of those characters. They're so plastic. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but they're so plastic. Maybe... Um, What's his name? My God, now I'm blanking on his name. The, old, the older gentleman that already uh, left oh, the TARDIS. Uh, Gra yeah, Graham, thank um, you. No, Graham, not Graham. By, uh, Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. Uh, the only reason why I can remember him, he's played by Bradley Walsh. And yes. if you like, for many people who don't know much of uh, Bradley Walsh's career outside of Doctor Who, um, he was mostly a game show host and still is, uh, by the way. Um. I mean, I mean, the only reason I can speculate why he wanted to get onto Doctor Who was that he was actually in an episode of the Sarah Jane Smith Adventures. Um, okay. Uh, he played uh, a character, a demon, that basically was the main inspiration for the story of the Pied Piper. Right. So, you know, like, how, like, um, the Beast in the Satan Pit episode of Doctor Who with David Tennant, that became the inspiration for the devil of so many religions. That's basically what that creature Bradley Walsh played. He inspired the the idea of the Pied Piper in so many folklore tales. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's the only guy I would miss just because he was a great actor and uh, I just loved yeah, him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Did great a great job and, and, you know, you kind of felt for him. Uh, but everyone else, literally, the, the, she could just drop them off on the next episode. I, I could care less. Where no. you know the, the, that that break with Rose was was so intense. Uh, it was almost spoiled by you know 
him giving her uh, uh, him being RTD giving her the human half human doctor um, mm. it was almost spoiled by that although I know that here's my prediction I'm putting it out here David Tennant will return but not as the doctor uh, the better crisis doctor he will return email. as the Valier. Now, have you, have you watched Jessica Jones with David Tennant? No. You have oh, to wait, stop right now. Michael you have to Sheen? get off the stream. Get off the stream. Find a way to watch Jessica Jones, where David Tennant plays uh, a super-powered villain whose power is that he can tell people what to do and they do it. Sounds familiar. Kind of like what the Master, who's also Time Lord's powers, are... In a, in a subtle way, it's it's it is, and I've studied this. It is one of the superpowers of the Doctor, him or herself, where, uh, and they they've said it straight out in an episode once. How comes you's in charge? And the Doctor says it's my superpower. <laughs> where subtle, uh, yeah, subtly, the Time Lords do have uh, psychic abilities, absolutely. and they can definitely overpower a lesser mind. Yes, um, although, although where the Doctor would would in general not you know. Over, no, override no, that someone's would, that would be free will. A dick move in yes, different civilizations. Move, exactly. <laughs> but the master would have no problem with that. You well, will, no, the master you will obey me. No, only human. But if, like, you, if you see David Tennant uh, playing the role uh, in in Jessica Jones, you'll understand what I mean. If he comes back, is that because I've seen the clip? Is that the show where David Tennant uh, asked someone to? Um, like chuck some hot coffee in their face absolutely he tells them to go go up you know go up the escalator you know go to the top floor and jump off the building and they do um that's very weird it's because very that, weird uh, reminds... i know and it's it's tenant and and he's yeah. super evil in it and it works and I, I just see an episode where rtd just has rose contacting the tardis and she needs help and the reason she needs help is because david tenant has gone bonkers he's grown himself a tardis and they still have that uh deleted footage of you know david him having a, a piece of the hand, TARDIS. handing him yeah. a piece of the tardis coral so he can grow his own I mean, growing your own is cheaper folks just saying uh <laughs> if you if you look at uh, uh russell t davies's tardis you know it had a, a bit of a you know organic feel organic to it. natural feel it would look like tree trunks um coral yeah uh, and, and that's been that. kind of canon for a while um, where the, the TARDISes are grown and, and not built, uh, that they're alive, literally alive. Well, it's like, yeah, um, it's more to do with, like, uh, if you care about the deep lore, like the deep web of Doctor Who, the deep lore of Doctor Who, it's basically uh, living metal uh, encasing a super intelligent, you know, AI. Yeah basically Pr but pretty much where, where some of them i mean there there are stories you can you can go crazy with doctor who lore where yeah you know tardises are literally you know transform themselves into humanoid form and walk around and talk <laughs> to you yeah that, some of them have that is really fucking know, confusing <laughs> it could get really confusing but but uh, i i think david tennant returning as as not the goodie but as the baddie would be the best for the show it would be a good twist and um, we finally close that whole thing with the 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 you know the valyard trying to get regenerations and yeah. all the, they would need one special effects shot of david tennant you know uh regenerating into the the guy that tries to steal yeah. uh colin baker's it will also and you've closed this one loop time lord victorious art yeah as well <laughs> that'd um, be fun 
Russell T um, Davies. I'm I'm optimistic for once. I'm smiling. Yeah, I'm smiling. Like literally, I care I less about the timeless like, chart. Well, not well, not <laughs> shouted. I just uh, like said to someone like how excited I was, and then I kind of stopped, and then I suddenly realized I'm excited for Doctor Who again. And yeah. for me to be put in a yeah. position like that where I was no longer excited in the first place. And, and I have to say, be, to before, before I start and getting many hate people mail, felt that way. it has nothing to do with Jodie. Jodie's a brilliant actress, and I hope she gets to see some good scripts. Yeah. I mean, I hope yeah. she gets a good script from RTD for the 60th. And then yeah. again, we still have Chibnall can still redeem himself. He's got a whole series. He's going to produce the longest you know, single story in Doctor Who history, which uh, the next <laughs> series is going to be yeah. one big story, one big arc, you know, uh, uh, episodic television. You know, some people like episodic television, some don't, but it's going to be one big story with cliffhangers, cliffhangers, cliffhangers. Hopefully it's a good story. I mean, hopefully it's not yeah. like like, like I, the Ruth story where you I've just... come, I've always come to the, this major conclusion watching all the Jodie stuff as the 13th Doctor. And to me, Jodie as a person is fine. Um, I equate her to um, who was the guy who played Anakin Skywalker in um, the Star Wars prequels. Are we talking about CNN guy, James Earl Jones? Hagen Christensen, I think. <laughs> yeah, this is CNN. Um, basically, very promising actor with a lot of talent bad direction and you know poor material although whenever you consider um you know episode three revenge of the sith as poor material i don't i think it's a bloody great movie um just look at her you can you can't not like her look at her come on <laughs> she's wonderful there's so many scenes where uh, it's very subtle but when she's excited as the doctor yeah. she does this little jump and if you're going to rewatch her stuff, just watch. When she, when, when she hears something that excites the doctor, the little hop. I'm surprised she, know, didn't, she didn't break yeah, an that ankle. Geordie like giddiness. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's. <laughs> I, I'm just surprised she hasn't broken an ankle, you know, with the whole uh, <laughs> little jump she does. She's wonderful. Uh, I would think like that's kind of like an actor's tick whenever they have to like <laughs> jump into character. Yeah. Like that's one of their little things to switch off their. IRL personality and just goes into the character for the scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so what do we think? Uh, any predictions for you from RTD? What's how's uh, more it going to start it off? Um, I mean, I definitely know that. Um, I know that many people. We've joked about like the timeless child arc being scrapped. And looking on Twitter, there are many people who actually like the Timeless Child arc. Um, good on them for like liking it. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I don't think it's going to be something that would be taken up by Russell T Davies. Now, yes, Russell T Davies has been on record saying he likes the idea of the Timeless Child. Right. But then again, on a public forum, he sort of has to say that just so he doesn't get cancelled. I mean, look yeah, what of they course, and, and, and you know, and, and as you can see, he, he got his job back, so you know, he had to yeah. be, of course, political. So he's not he's not gonna like have it no. crash and burn by just no. one sentence. Of course, he's gonna like yeah. praise everyone, like like all this corporate speak. Like, I appreciate Chris Chibnall to take Doctor Who in a new direction within his run. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, now w one thing, the the not the timeless child arc, uh, you know, in its entirety. But I love the ruthless doctor. I I kind of figured out that in 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 my head canon, she is a, a doctor that existed between, uh, you know, Troughton and Pertwee, when the Time Lords, you know, forced that regeneration. They probably used and abused the oh, yeah, doctor. I can imagine that they would do that. I mean, we've and had the TARDIS like... kind of fits, and and you know, not quite, you know. Fits with the era, you know. I'll, yeah. I'll, and I would love to see a mini series about Ruth's time and her awakening when she meets Jodie. That you yeah. know she is the Doctor. Well, that go. Well, that goes on to another prediction that I've had for a very long time. Is that I think the Roof Doctor is the Fourteenth Doctor, or could be. You think so? Uh, she she doesn't know. <laughs> I, 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 Sorry, guys. I, I'm just laughing because I was trying to put up a picture of the Ruth Doctor, and I'll, I'll, let me. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. That's a, a Doctor Ruth. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> completely different. Completely. That, yeah. That's the Sex Doctor. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I had a, a long thought about. It. I still do believe this. That it's a strong possibility that Joe Martin could be the Fourteenth Doctor all this time. Or Russell T. Davies could uh, like come in and like change that with the fact. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised as as we are speaking, both Russell and Chibnall and some other BBC executives are talking on a Zoom call like us, discussing back and forth ideas of how they could like try and like make a transition between the two showrunners. Yeah, well, um, I, I could see Ruth just having her own series set in the past. I mean, mm. we've seen. We've seen the the episode with with Peter Capaldi time and time enough, uh, with the with the classic Cyberman, world enough in time, yeah, world enough in time, and how wonderful that was, and how you could have those classic, uh, you know, reimagined but still looking like the classic series enemies, yeah, and you could ha have an a, a whole series with Ruth set back in that era of Doctor Who. Um, where she is yeah, working for the CIA. I see that a good, a and really good tribute of, a to 60s who, But think about this. I, Last thing I'm yeah. going to say, I, I'm going to stop interrupting you. But first, <laughs> the, the miniseries starts with, you know, Troughton being forced to regenerate into her, her mind being wiped, her being put to work for the CIA, and the miniseries ends with her regenerating into Pertwee and being shoved out the TARDIS. Come on, bookending. Yeah. Wonderful. And then she can have yeah. a million adventures on. Uh, on big finish but i don't think she should be the 14th doctor because it wouldn't make sense with what we've seen so far that's it, all i'm it, saying you, yeah you say that but they could like retcon all of timeless children entirely and um i the main argument i have with this i was discussing uh with this with um a friend who uh he works on like uh doctor who stuff to do with minecraft i think that he was part of uh, the swd team Okay. Uh, shout out to those guys, by the way. Um, but my main, the main argument I was making was with when we first meet Joe Martin's doctor in her TARDIS, and you know, like they were talking to each other. Yeah, it's very. There is a possibility that when they were like talking in sync with each other, if Joe Martin is the fourteenth Doctor, the fourteenth Doctor would have remembered having the conversation with the 13th Doctor and knows exactly when to say those exact words at the exact same time as her. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's true. Yeah, uh, which is a point that was made in Time Crash. Um, that's how Time Crash Crash is solved with uh, um, David Tennant and Peter Davison's Doctor. Yeah, and another and another well. Another thing is that some people have said, like, why would uh, a future doctor do that to um, a past doctor? And my answer is this: Rule one, the doctor lies. Always lies. <laughs> yeah, and you know the, 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 the classic, <laughs> the classic TARDIS could have been a fake out. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning to your side. Well, now. yeah, I mean, uh, we see on modern Gallifrey in the yeah, it's a default those, setting, right? That's the default. May maybe, but it certainly looks more modern in the way. And why would they? Yeah. Why would they use? Um, you know, a, well, the lights and all that. I'll, I'll tell you right now. The difference is, uh, it's still the default settings with the with the round and the classic looking. Uh, I think they actually. Oh, re- I, I think they it's actually, the IKEA version. I, yeah, it's, it's the flat pack version. <laughs> it's well. I, we, I think they actually did reuse the uh, the the, the it was the console from um, uh, Space oh, and Time. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a, a version of the classic uh, console and the mm. classic room, but with better lights and better lighting. That's because I'll tell you right now, because she's a female Time Lord, she's got better, better artistic abilities, and, and you know, <laughs> just decorating. She, yeah. she she decided the lights mattered, and where the where had she been male for yeah. that incarnation, be like whatever, just turn the lights up. I d- I do love the blue <laughs> lighting in Joe Martin's TARDIS. It looks it, wonderful. It is a very, yeah. very good look for such a classic design. I'm going to try to find a nice shot here to put up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely like love that, it. That's a TARDIS I would have. Like I would travel in. Yeah. Um, it's a Salt- smaller like version Salt- of the uh, the classic. Uh, it's kind of more compact, but it's got so many elements. Let's bring it up here. So many elephant, uh, elephants, yeah. So many elephants. elephants of the <laughs> Is classic. there a zoo in this TARDIS? <laughs> <laughs> you can see uh, the, the you know the ceiling, the roundels. Yeah. Uh, e- even that panel at the back that's in white, uh, that's a, a take on one of the metal panels or the gray panels that was in the classic series. Yeah, and the Everything navigation here is computers. On, oh, my God. It's is all yeah. classic, but updated a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, I've said this with like Star Trek. Like one of the reasons why I didn't like uh, Star Trek Discovery is that they changed so much of the aesthetics on that show. Yeah. And I have like friends um, in my uh, visual effects circles that the old sets of Star Trek back in the 60s, they look fine. You just need to update them a little bit. Like keep the core yeah. look of it, and I keep think the core look, Joe yeah, Martin's sure. TARDIS is a perfect representation of that uh, mindset. But, but you can see the you know the roundels, got him yeah. here, got him here, the uh, the console, it's it's all there. It's a classic uh, look. Although um, I do think the J.J. Abrams lens flares were very overkill. Like you could <laughs> a bit like, much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just obstructs everything. Let me see the set. Stop I, blinding me. <laughs> No, no, Adam. Uh, before before you wrap up, I just gotta say uh, I haven't heard much negative uh, from you about RTD. There, is there anything that you're worried about with RTD returning to uh, Hooligans? Maybe I gotta have more guests on people that disagree with me because this has <laughs> kind of been <laughs> well, like, like a love fest. Chamber. Look, yeah. there are there are things that I mean. I'm more of a Moffat person, although I will agree that Russell and Moffat. Were, were the perfect double team to bring some of the best episodes the show has ever had like like the, them two working together 
like brought us so many great classics like empty child yeah go in the fireplace blink science in the library Absolutely. and yes even day of the doctor don't don't think some people know about this but russell did had some creative input with day of the doctor behind the scenes um i think uh they like he, like russell and moffat would have regular phone calls oh yes like, they still do yeah like, he calls chibnall they're they're buddies too yeah um i believe like it was russell that came up with the idea of john hurt being the war doctor i think i i might be wrong on that but i think it was definitely them that because they know christopher eccleston can't come back so who they're gonna like yeah. who's gonna replace um Chris Eccleston, and they would like sort of brainstorm and I thought like what if for like some reason John Hurt was a secret version of the Doctor yeah they had to bring <laughs> in someone time. in because they, they were they were already wrote the script right yeah <laughs> someone's got to read those lines oh man <laughs> but you know what uh, it feels like you're excited I'm excited uh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping uh, the next year is not uh, like, a, a cluster I, I'm hoping it's not a disaster that uh you know RTD can't fix that that's how much I'm I'm not you know uh, positive about the Chibnall years. I'm hoping yeah. he can redeem himself somehow. Yeah, and I'm. I think it all hinges at who really yeah. is the Fourteenth Doctor. Yeah. Like I think like all because all of this excitement all hinges on that casting. Because right. if the casting doesn't land, then all of this excitement would have been for nothing. Um, I'm I'm hoping that uh, the next series of Doctor Who before we get RTD two is uh, going to be the story of Ruth and that it's expanded on and, and it's bookended, like I said. Uh, Troughton to Ruth. Adventure with uh, Jody, Jody as a companion with uh, the forgotten Ruth Doctor and then, you know, regenerate into Troughton, maybe Troughton's son, uh, sorry, regenerate to Pertwee, maybe Pertwee's so, uh, son, Alfred there, he could uh, play mm -hmm. the part in the regeneration and then back to Jody and rtd yeah sounds good <laughs> it's been a pleasure adam thank you thank so you. much likewise thank uh, you very much for this Paul. impromptu for episode where we're just yammering on um <laughs> thank you for all the assets uh the video video effects stuff you've done for us the tardis folks oh new tardis smell it's great although uh, adam we gotta change that uh that scanner to uh 16 by 9 because <laughs> This, it's not working, man. It's okay. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to find out a way to do that, but um, yeah. Although everything else works, it's great. It's fantastic. Thank you so much, sir. Um, thank you to the doctor for lending, uh, letting us use his TARDIS. And uh, things are looking up for Doctor Who. And uh, we'll have you back on, Adam. I, I think that you and I could talk Doctor Who for probably. 8,000 hours without repeating something. 8,000 years. Well, 9,000 <laughs> years. Really. We'll talk Big Finish next time. Sure, sure, definitely. I'll need to like listen, brush up uh, the old audios. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, there's so many. I can't even catch up. I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll talk about my. We'll talk about each other's favorite ones. Nick I think. Briggs just keeps good starting pumping them out. And uh, I love supporting uh, the old actors. Uh, the, the play the doctor and all the different companions and I I just love knowing that you know when I pay twenty nine ninety nine or four ninety nine or one ninety nine that you know a little bit of my you know blood and treasure is going to these wonderful actors that uh, brought so much mm. joy to my life. We'll see you next time. <laughs>
Yeah.